Oh, my God. 
After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Adon olam asher malach Yuterem kol yitzir nivra Liyed nasa v'chef sokol Hazaymel ha'shemo nikra Adon olam asher malach Yuterem kol yitzir nivra Liyed nasa v'chef sokol Hazaymel ha'shemo nikra Be 
Nine and 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 nine and
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Wednesday. You heard a lot of Kol Ish in that set. Yehi Chavod ve'alu miadir adon olam. Ellie Gerstner at Shiru Lundu. You heard the Hasidic medley from Yossi Goldstein. And, of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Wednesday on this May 6th, day 12 in the month of ER, the year 5780, Tufshin Pei. Today is day number 27 in the counting of the Omer, three weeks and six days. Today is day number 27 in the counting of the Omer. Believe it or not, Shavuos is three weeks from tomorrow night. And who knows what kind of Shavuos we're going to have. Who knows? Uh, Pesach Sheni is this Friday. I keep going through the calendar reminding everybody that we have big days coming up. <laughs> Pesach Sheni is Friday. Lagba Omer is Tuesday. Uh, Yom Yerushalayim is on the 22nd. We have a couple of special things planned for that. Um... Memorial Day coming up, Memorial Day weekend, May the 25th. And the Shavuos, as we said, the 29th and 30th of May. So a big month, big month. Lots going on here in the month of May. Lots going on. By the way, going on right now is our fundraiser here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, it began um, yesterday unofficially. Officially, our fundraiser is going to take place uh, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. Uh, we'll encourage people to come on the air and uh, convince everybody to give as generously as possible to keep us going. Uh, but yesterday was a great day. It was Giving Tuesday. It was the unofficial start of our 2020 fundraiser. And uh, there, there are certain people I have to acknowledge. There are certain people I have to acknowledge because they really, really came through with beautiful donations. And I want to take this opportunity to uh, thank them. So a listener, David, we mentioned, listener David and uh, Sarah, the um, Oak Park, Michigan leadership of uh, the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs> we thank them for times high donation. Um, I want to thank um, Abigail from uh, Passaic, New Jersey, <clears throat> who donated twice high. Want to thank Alex in Hewlett, New York, who uh, checked in with a donation yesterday. Thank you. Want to thank listener Lisa. Thank you all for thank you all for bringing relevant info and music into my AM, a three times high donation. Thank you very very much. Um, Rabbi Allen First, somebody who never ever forgets us every single year. Thank you to Rabbi First and the First family. 
Um, Arthur Grossman, thank you very much for your donation. My cousin David out in Phoenix, Arizona, with a nice $100 donation, and I thank him very much. Uh, listener Harry down in Miami Beach, Florida, double high, thank you. Um, double high from listener Yaffa, not sure what city, but thank you, Yaffa. Uh, double high from uh, listener Rebecca up in Washington Heights. Uh, David Goodman checked in with a donation yesterday. Listener Sarah says, thank you for providing the audience with solid content, even during challenging times. Just hearing your voice gives us all a reason to smile. I thank you for that very, very much. Listener Harry, um, down in Miami Beach, gave two donations yesterday, and our office contacted him just to make sure that it wasn't a mistake. Someone you know, could have hit the button on the computer twice, etc. And he said, no, no mistake. I'm giving twice, which was really, really nice, and I thank him. Listener Marvin checked in last night, an old, wonderful friend. Uh, oh, actually, yesterday afternoon. Checked in yesterday. Well, yeah, well, more like last evening. Uh, checked in with a $1,000 donation. I can't thank him enough for that. Um, listener Menno down in Bal Harbor, a 20 times high donation. Thank you so much. Listener Michael, thank you, Nahum, and your staff for all you do to support, educate, and entertain the Jewish community. That's a $150 donation. Thank you so much. Um, listener Gloria from Forest Hills, a $100 donation. Thank you. Uh, what else do we have here? Twice high from a listener, Judy, in Brooklyn, New York. Thank you. And that is a sample of the donations that we got yesterday on Giving Tuesday and that really helped kick off unofficially our um, 2020 fundraiser. Those of you who are not yet part of it, you know what we always say, here's your opportunity to join us. Uh, be a, you know, This will be going on for a couple of weeks. We'll be encouraging people to give. There are sponsorship opportunities, meaning if you go to fjbunity.org and you want to sponsor part or all of this show, in memory of somebody, which is the perfect thing to do now on a yard site, uh, in memory of somebody or in honor of somebody, no problem. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Later on, we'll speak with Rabbi Yoshua Fass. Rabbi Fass leads Nefesh Benefesh. We'll talk about the interesting times that are going on with Nefesh Benefesh right now. And the plenty more coming up. This is a uh, an acapella selection from Joey Newcomb at JM in the AM. Build the world. 
Thank you. 
Close to you 
J.M. in the A.M. Joey Newcomb wrapping up the hour with a song entitled uh, Take Us Back here at J.M. in the A.M. You heard uh, Yerachmiel Begun, Miami Boys Choir, with their medley from around the campfire. Mendy Werdiger had Lule. And uh, I say welcome to a Wednesday at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NahumSiegel.com, and the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Wednesday morning, day 27 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Rabbi Yoshua Fass, an hour from now. He is the founder of Benefesh Benefesh. We get to speak with him coming up here at JM and the AM. Also have some big news from Art Scroll. We'll go through that. And don't forget our fundraiser is on. If you haven't yet given our 2020 fundraiser, information at fjbunity.org. Go and read our new letter. I think it's very meaningful, fjbunity.org. Galitzal Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday is next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. גליצל מירושלים השעה 2, שלום רב, כאן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. מניין המתים מקורונה עלה ל-239 בני אדם. גבר בן 70 נפטר בצהריים בבית החולים לניאדו. זהו נפטר ראשון ביממה האחרונה, כך מסר כתבנו לענייני בריאות מאיר מרציאנו. מסמך רשמי של האיחוד האירופי אומר, אין מניעה שמי שקשור לארגוני טרור ייקח חלק בפעילויות הממומנות על ידינו. פרסמה כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה וולברג. על פי המסמך שנשלח לארגונים הפלסטינים והגיע לידינו, אין מניעה שאדם המקושר לארגון טרור ייהנה מהפעילויות הממומנות על ידי האיחוד האירופי, כל עוד שמו לא מופיע ברשימת ההגבלות שלהם, והוא לא מגיע כנציג של אותו הארגון. ההעברה הרשמית הזו נשלחה לאחר טענות הפלסטינים כאילו נעשית איזושהי בקרה מצד האיחוד. מטעמו נמסר בתגובה, על האיחוד האירופי ישנם מנגנוני פיקוח ובקרה, שמוודאים שכל המעורבים מממשים רק את המטרות שאושרו על ידינו. 
שר הביטחון נפתלי בנט אישר היום בניית אלפי יחידות דיור נוספות ביישוב אפרת. האישור התקבל לאחר השלמת ההליכים המשפטיים. אילי חיות, לוחם מגלן ששותק בשתי רגליו במהלך פעילות ביחידה לפני כשנתיים, מגיב בריאיון ראשון אצל אמיר איבגי על פתיחת חקירת מצח באשר לפציעתו. יש לי הרגשה טובה קצת אחרי שנתיים של מאבק. צעד ראשון זה לקראת הצעת הצדק. חבל שצריך עיתונות וטלוויזיה ועורכי דין כדי שהצבא יעשה הליך שהיה צריך להיות ביום הפציעה. חשוב לי שאני באמת אהיה החייל האחרון שוכב סתם על... הפרקליטות צפויה לערער על מינוי רופא שהורשע בהחזקת 200 אלף תכנים פורנוגרפיים לתפקיד ראש שירותי בריאות התלמיד בצפון. כרמית פולק, היועצת המשפטית של המועצה לשלום הילד, אמרה אצל יעל דן, ההחלטה למנות אותו לא הגיונית. אני הייתי כל כך עמומה, זאת החלטה כל כך מעוותת. עבירת מין במקום הקשה ביותר, אנחנו מדברים על 200 אלף חומרים פדופילים. אם היו אומרים לי שהולך להיות מפקח על הבנקים, אבל הוא מורשע במעילה, והתירוץ שהיו נותנים לי, אבל אל תדאגי, הוא לא נוגע בכסף. היינו מקבלים דבר כזה? ראש עיריית תל אביב יפו רון חולדאי הציג היום מתווה לפתיחת כלל המסעדות והברים כבר בשבוע הבא. מדווחת כתבתנו ליה ספילקין. לאחר הביקורת של חולדאי על מתווה פתיחת המשק של הממשלה, הציג היום תוכנית חלופית אפשרית, במסגרתה ייפתחו עסקי המזון ואף המועדונים והברים בהתאם להנחיות הבאות. אלכוג'ל על כל שולחן, תפריטים חד פעמיים, בדיקת חום בכניסה, ישיבה עד ארבעה אנשים בשולחן ועוד. בשלב זה מדובר בהצעה בלבד, שטרם יוצאת לפועל. והנה עוד מסימני החזרה לשגרה בעולם, ליגת הבייסבול בטיוואן תהיה הראשונה מאז התפרצות הנגיף שתאפשר לאוהדים להגיע לאיצטדיונים, כתבת חדשות החוץ נועה מועלם. אלף אוהדים יורשו להגיע למשחק בייסבול שייערך ביום שישי באיצטדיון בבירת טייפיי, כך הודיע שר הבריאות של טיוואן. האוהדים יידרשו למדוד חום בכניסה לאיצטדיון ולעטות מסכות פנים, בין מושב למושב יישמר מרחק של מטר. בתוך כך, קנצלרית גרמניה אנגלה מרקל תדון היום עם ראשי המחוזות בגרמניה על חזרתה לפעילות של ליגת הכדורגל הגרמנית, הבונדסליגה. כמה אנחנו מתגעגעים לכדורגל כבר? מזג האוויר למחר, עלייה בטמפרטורות, אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. ZANG
Miami and uh, Adir off of the brand new Miami Boys Choir Yavo Acapella album. David Taub had Nishmati. Halev Shali was done by Cole Zimra. That's brand new. It was great speaking with Ashira Gorfinkel earlier in the week about that effort. Really nice single. And um, we wish a Mazal Tov to. Uh, to um, Cole Zimra on the release of the album, of the single, rather. Um, we'll speak with her right fast later on. Lots of news regarding Nefesh Benefesh. It's interesting. Lots of news. We'll speak with him coming up. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best. 
serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Our friends at ArtScroll have a couple of really important uh, pieces of news. First of all, Log Bomer is coming. Log Bomer is the night of May 11th, right? Monday night, May 11th is Log Bomer. Uh, they have the Log Bomer classic work available. They have the Log Bomer and Tubishvat with Bini, Bina, Benny, and Chagai Hayona uh, by Afagans. They have Take Me to the Holy Land, the Youngsters Tour of Eretz Yisrael by uh, Tzivya Yanovsky. It's all there on the site if you search Logba Omer at artscroll.com. Also, they have some recent releases. Um, the Pnei Menachem, Stories and Lessons of Torah Leadership, Compassion and Empathy from the Life of Rabbi Pinchas Menachem, Altar of Ger. Don't forget to use promo code RADIO on that one. On Pnei Menachem, you want promo code RADIO. Save you 15%. And uh, you could pre-order Living Amuna. You could pre-order Living Amuna right now at artscroll.com with promo code RADIO. It'll save you 10%. All right, so keep that in mind. And don't forget, Artscroll right now is 30% off on all cookbooks in stock. All cookbooks that are in stock are 30% off. You don't even need a promo code. It's 30% off. Sale ends this Monday, and cooking together is a fantastic way to bond with your children as thousands of you have learned <laughs> over the last few weeks. <laughs> so uh, go to artscroll.com, artscroll.com, take advantage of all the uh, of all the latest releases and all the available uh, items for Lagma Omer and for um, all the cooks out there, etc., etc. Artscroll.com for all the details. Always use promo code radio. You never know what it's going to save you. JM and the AM, good morning at 20 minutes after 7 o'clock. Uh, Rabbi Goldwasser, 10 minutes away. He'll join us with some words of inspiration, no doubt. And that'll all be coming up uh, here at JMM. This is a um, this is a single. Where is it here? This is a single from um, uh, Tzvi Silberstein and Avram Fried. It's called Anenu, a cappella style on a Sphera format Wednesday at JM in the AM. I know, 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 I
us Answer us our Father and King
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning with the Chevra, Ellie Gerstner and company. 27th day in the counting of the Omer. You heard Svi Silberstein and Avram Fried with Anenu before that. Acapella day today on a Wednesday. Sphira format here at J.M. in the A.M. We're less than a week away from our big Lagba Omer music blowout. That's going to be happening on Lagba Omer itself, Tuesday the 12th of May. Keep that in mind. We're also involved in a great event on Lagba Omer. Uh, which we are just awaiting details about, and then we'll uh, give you the details. Plus, of course, as I keep saying, it's a big month. This coming uh, Friday is Pesach Sheni. We've got Yom Yerushalayim coming up two weeks from Friday. Shavu is coming up three weeks from Friday. It's a big month of May, and I hope that you'll be with us and tuned in at all times here at JM and the AM. Don't forget our fundraiser. I want to thank all the people. We'll try to do it again later on. We went through the whole list of people who checked in yesterday with uh, – Donations, so appreciative, and I thank all of you very, very much. Give and give as much as you can by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and we thank you. We will continue this format with very, very limited uh, daily sponsorship announcements. Um, We will continue this format as long as you're out there for us and you're able to help us along each and every year during our fundraiser. So uh, please, we heard yesterday, by the way, from Michigan, from Florida, from New York, from New Jersey. I'm trying to think if we did more than four states yesterday. Michigan, Florida, New York. I'm forgetting something. I'm definitely forgetting something. Did we hear from Maryland and Pennsylvania also? We may have. We had a good day yesterday, and I want to thank you all for that. We should have another good day today, please. FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org. Wednesday morning, J.M. and the A.M. are by David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Morning. We learn in the Talmud that Rabbi Broika Chazah once asked Elio Anovi when he met him in the marketplace. There were many people there. And he said, could you tell me, who is a Ben Olam Haba? Who, here in this marketplace has a portion in the world to come. We have to understand what was the reasoning for his answer. Finally, Eliyohan Novi points out one man and says, do you see these? These people have a chelik in Olam What they do is when they see somebody 
who is in need of being chaired, someone who needs to have a little bit of simch in their life. They make them happy. They take away their sadness. They are badchanim. They're clowns. And they constantly try to uplift the spirits of people. In explaining this incident, the Maharsha quotes the Tamarun Chagiga, Bizman when a person is sad, when they are distressed, at that time, Ma Meres, what does the Loshon of the Shechina, the Divine Presence, say? At that time, my head hurts, my arm hurts. We see the Shechina is saddened when one human being is saddened here in this world. And when these Badchanim came and started to uplift the spirits of people, started to put the smiles back on their face, they are taking part in what the Shechina is upset about. They are, so to speak, cheering up the Shechina as well. Whenever one worries about another individual, helps them in any way, cheers them up, takes part in the other individual's burden, they should know at that time it is the greatest single schus that we could have in the world. In fact, it was one time that the Chassam Soifer, it was on Erev Yom Kippur, it was already after he had finished his Sudas HaMafsekes, the meal right before the fast of Yom Kippur. All of a sudden, in his mind, he had an idea. There was a certain Yosom, a young man who was a orphan. And the Chassam Sofer had a very good idea for a shirach for this young man. He immediately told one of his children to be osek in it, immediately. The children looked at the Chassam Sofer and said, Now? It's right after the Sudasam of Sekes, right before Yom Kippur, and we should be involved in this now? The Chassam Sofer said, it will certainly be a schus for all of us to go into Yom Kippur with this shidduch in our favor. Naturally, the family of the Chassam Sofer began immediately, and even before Yom Kippur, they read the shidduch, and both sides agreed. And so the Chassam Sofer and his family went into Yom Kippur that year with the greatest schus that anybody in this world could have. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizuk. Have a nice day. Oh.
May Hashem watch over your soul, guiding every step along your way. May you hold deep in your heart the Ahava Hashem gives you every day. May the light of Shemayim above reflect in your eyes. So you see all the wonder in the world. Hashem, Secure in the arms of the one above. May Hashem look upon you with favor, granting you whatever you're dreaming of. May mountains overpass when you stroll along. You stroll along. Feel the valleys so you can cross with
J.M. in the A.M. with Ashray done by the Yeshiva Boys Choir. You heard Sam Glazer with Va- with Yevarechacha. That's the name of that one. And Donnie Gross had Achenu here at J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning, day 27 in the counting of the Omer. Ten minutes away from Rabbi Yoshua Fass, who's going to be joining us from Israel. He is, of course, the founder of uh, Nefesh Benefesh. 51 degrees, some afternoon showers, and a high of 55. Good morning, everybody. Don't forget, we have amazing programming all day long. Here at the Nahum Siegel Network, it's what sets us apart. Well, a lot of things actually set us apart, but I don't have to go into that now. <laughs> Although that would, be, that would actually be a good pitch for our fundraiser <laughs> to talk about what sets up, us, us apart. Um, so maybe I will dwell on that for a minute. <laughs> um, but we do have an amazing lineup at the Nahum Siegel Network every single day. And uh, today is uh, no exception. Uh, coming up right after JM in the AM, it'll be a, a bite-size encore with the Jewish a cappella. You'll also hear Tova Heller's interview with Rena Glazer, Director of uh, Development for Takum. And uh, that's Yoni Pollock and Bite Size, an encore presentation starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Wednesday Live Lunch will be conducted by Avrami from Israel. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Tonight at 7 p.m., The Hour of Jewish Soul with Charlie Bernhout. Great cantorial selection starting at 7 p.m. tonight. So check that out. And, of course, the JMNAM Encore happens at midnight, which is 7 a.m. in Israel. So if you wake up in Israel and you missed any of the prior days, JM in the AM, you literally could hear it as a wake-up show for you, which I think is pretty cool. Our 24-hour network, and, of course, JM in the AM is asking everybody to keep us in mind during our 2020 fundraiser. The fundraiser is on, and we are anxiously um, getting off to a really – I shouldn't even say anxiously. We, we got off to a great start yesterday, and I thank you very much. Earlier, I thanked the whole list of people who checked in yesterday with the donations, and I thank them all. Uh, you can go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, in order to uh, participate. So some of the people who were on uh, yesterday's list of donors uh, included, um, listen, I keep mentioning because they were the first ones yesterday morning. Uh, listener David and his wife Sarah in Oak Park, Michigan. Of course, I'm mentioning all the states before, and I forgot Michigan. <laughs> so we had at least five states yesterday, which is really cool. Um, I want to thank uh, Abigail from Passaic. I want to thank um, I want to thank um, Alex out in Hewlett. I want to thank Lisa, who says thank y'all for bringing relevant info and music into my morning. Thank you for that. Uh, we want to thank our listener, Alan in Teaneck, New Jersey and, um, listener, Arthur. We want to thank, um, my cousin, David, who donated $100 in memory of my parents, Rabbi Zevin Esther Siegel. Thank you, Dave. 
He's out in Phoenix. So, yeah, another state. So we had New York, New Jersey, Michigan, Florida, Arizona. And what was the other one I mentioned before? Didn't we have another one? Florida, Arizona, Michigan, New York, New Jersey. I think we may have had a Maryland and Pennsylvania also. Uh, here's Harry from Florida who insisted on giving twice yesterday. And when we, when we asked him if it was a mistake, he said, no, I'm giving two donations. So thank you so much for that, Harry. That was a big boost of confidence for us. Uh, listener Yaffa, thanks for your donation. Uh, listener Rebecca out in the Washington Heights. Thank you. Uh, listener David. Thank you. Um, listener Sarah says, thank you for providing the audience with solid content, even during challenging times just hearing your voice gives us all a reason to smile thank you for that um what else do we have here we have a a 20 times high donation from listener menno down in florida thank you so much thank you very very much to have community leaders recognize what we do every day is so amazing and i thank you for that uh listener michael 150 dollars. thank you nachem and your staff for all you do to support educate and entertain the jewish community thank you for that michael um Listener Gloria in Forest Hills, $100. Thanks, Gloria. Uh, Double high from Brooklyn. Listener Judy, thank you. Um, Listener Molly. Hey, Molly in Teaneck, New Jersey. A $100 donation. Thank you very much for that. And, um, oh, actually, Molly's came in today. Thank you very much for that. That would be our first donation of the morning, and it's much appreciated. And we had um, a donation yesterday from listener Marvin, who's been an unbelievable friend of the Siegel family from before I was born. And that is a long, long time ago. And yesterday, he and his family checked in with a $1,000 donation. And I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you so much for participating in our annual fundraiser. There are people who give multiple times a year because... We are, we are not ashamed to say that in addition to our regular fundraiser, which takes place sometime between January and June, usually in May. It used to be in the old days, February or March. Now it's usually in May, uh, but sometime in the first half of the year. In addition to that, we ask people before Rosh Hashanah to keep us in mind, and we ask people before the end of the tax year in December to keep us in mind. So there are plenty of people who are giving more than once each year, and I thank you for that, including my amazing neighbor, Listener Edie, Edie and David have just contributed four times high in honor of the show, and we are trying our best to keep everybody going during these challenging times, and it's you, people like Edie and David, and so many others who are keeping us going, and I thank you so much for that. JM in the AM Wednesday, we have Rabbi Fast coming up. No doubt it's going to be very inspiring. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Wednesday, that's Ari Goldwagon Company. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, um, in this interesting and challenging world of ours right now, nobody really knows what will affect um, or change or keep the same any situation. And certainly, uh, when our friends at Nefesh Benefesh, I'm sure when this all started, uh, they wondered what it would do in terms of Aliyah, what it would do in terms of people's interest to move at all. Um, not, you know, not just move to Israel, but just you know, make plans for the future. Well, this week, 18 new Olim ar- arrived in Israel on a Nefesh Benefesh group flight, which we're going to discuss in a minute, and even more significantly, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to minimize the incredible um, emission of the Olim. So not more significantly, but but maybe just as significantly. Uh, according to this Jerusalem Post article, there's a 50% rise in Aliyah applications from the United States, and the Jewish agency expects more. And if you recall, last week we discussed on the air an article in which the head of the Jewish agency was talking about 100,000 Jews moving from the diaspora, not just North America, but from the diaspora to Israel. To explore all of this, of course, is the co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh and one of our favorite guests live from Israel. That's Rabbi Yoshua, Josh Fass. Rabbi Fass, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. Good morning. Good morning to all your listeners. 
How are you? Baruch Hashem, doing well, and thank God off the air. You told me that everybody there is good. We're good over here, and we pray for the uh, safety and health of everybody, uh, both in our audience and everyone, of course, around the world during these challenging times. Um, I, I guess the the most uh, appropriate way to start a conversation with anybody who's now in Israel, can you update us? Can you give us just an overview of how things are going regarding reopening in the Holy Land? Things are indeed reopening. Um, third graders, first to third graders, uh, went back to school on Sunday a couple of days ago. Um, work has starting to open up. Stores are starting to open by the end of the week. I think most industries will be open. Obviously, there's, uh, there's social distancing regulations and masks and gloves in certain areas and a cap of how many people can be in a store or how many people can be in a meeting together or in an office space together. But people are resuming life. By the end of this month, um, all school is expected to reopen. Wow. And, um, and uh, we see it. We feel it. I just hope that it's not premature. We all hope that. And we hope that people, even though when they go back to life, um, they take the precautions and not feel that, uh, that since we're allowing to loosen regulations, it means that there's still not a danger. Have the authorities but, said anything specific about Lagba Omer? Lagba Omer, I think, is, is, is frozen at this point. When you talk, I think there's, uh, Mayron will not have any, any events, mm. um, and I think they've already communicated to that. I think they're keeping the 50-person cap at any simcha or celebration for the next several weeks, and then they'll open it up mid or end of June. Oh wow! Starting to allow to to loosen that regulation. I don't but even... a wedding right now, um, after Lagba Omer, could have fifty people. I didn't even realize that you were up to fifty. That is the change. Right. So they've already they've leaked from ten people to fifty people. Right. Um, and uh, we'll reopen. I didn't realize that you were up to fifty already. Uh, Rabbi Fast, before we talk about the story of the day, as far as I'm concerned, which is Aliyah, and I never in a million years, two months ago, thought that two months later the story of the day would be Aliyah. What about travel in general? And I know that it's hard to predict, and obviously nobody knows anything you know, in this whole situation, which I get, but you're pretty connected, obviously, to, to those who go back and forth and those who run the operation to go back and forth from Israel to the diaspora via airlines and via airplane. Do you, do you hear anything about you know regular travel resuming or what the plan might be if now, as you just described, you're somewhat of a reopening, and some are really pining for a reopening of these airways? Some airlines are aggressively trying to push to reopen as soon as possible. Um, I know some airlines from the States. I know uh, just dealing with a family that needed to fly in, the parents from England, that uh, flights started to open up or starting to open up soon from England as well. Um, El Al is, is taking a very reserved position. They're only going to start flights in June 1st. However, for urgent issues, we, you can find seats on any of their, I'm putting it in quotes, their cargo flights. So, um, like last night, we had 20 Olim on what was called a cargo flight. Oh. Very limited amount of passengers, but really taking in some supplies to Israel. They're doing that occasionally until June, and then hopefully June 1st, they'll start opening up a um, some kind modified, but obviously a 
back on track. Uh, yeah, I hope you have the time for this. You, you got to describe this whole thing. So <laughs> this thing happens. It, it hits in March. I, I assume there were some people already because, as we know, Nefesh Benefesh is not just about major charter flights. It's about constant group flights and, frankly, constant individual flights if families or individuals want to make Aliyah at, at, at a point convenient to them uh, during the year. So now March hits. Um, your con- how did, What happens? Your, what happens with that list that's supposed to go to Israel in April, that's supposed to move to Israel in May? What was the procedure? Now, we've been helping and facilitating uh, the Aliyah individuals really up to Erev Pesach, uh, even up to a couple of days before Pesach, trying to work with the consulates, work with the Jewish agency, work with the Ministry of Immigration Absorption, work with all of our partners. Um, sometimes uh, the staff in, with our partners have been heroic, coming in the middle of the night or coming sometimes in full gear. And uh, by Pesach time, when flights really came to a halt, and even and everyone was basically in self-quarantine and offices were closed, Aliyah came to a, a very slow slow pace, and uh, something that I never thought would ever happen, but the inability of getting on a plane from the States uh, happened. Uh, we, we talked about this. I once had a conversation with an individual, and I said, you know what, people really want to come to Israel when they're not able to. You know, the heart wants what it can't have. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that sobering realization that it's not a given. We become a bit numb historically, spiritually a bit, that we have Eretz Yisrael, we have Medina Yisrael, and the fact that it was on ice for a bit um, made people... It, it was jarring for some individuals, recalibrated a bit of some people's compasses of uh, what they're doing with their lives and taking Israel for, for given, for granted. Um, and then we started slowly opening up after, after Pesach, obviously in concert with all of our partners. And it's challenging. Uh, it's uh, because there's the Ministry of Health that really wants things to really slow down, to slow down issuing of visas, of making sure that there is a, a safe way to integrate these individuals and absorb them when they get off the plane. And sometimes these immigrants are coming from hot zones. So you have to make sure that, A, corona is not going on the planes, that people are coming off and not spreading it, especially when there is clamping down here in, in Israel of the situation. So, um, so they're going into bidud hotels. They're going to quarantine hotels. Some of them went to Tel Aviv last night. Some of them went to Yushalayim, to Yushalayim Hotel. And uh, over the next few days, when Israel gets even more control of, of the situation and they loosen even more regulations, they're going to, I think, forego on this 14-day quarantine hotel requirement right. and allow people to go to 14 days in their own self-quarantine. Right. And that will help individuals out as well. But the remarkable thing for me, 18 Olim is, okay, it's 18 Olim. It's, uh, we're not, it's not a charter flight. It's not 2,000 Olim in eight weeks. But for me, it's just, it's just the spirit of a Jew wanting to come home regardless of any circumstances, and the ability of people to work together to make that dream come home, come true, and to see these Olim who've been bounced around from flight to flight. Um, they were supposed to come in a week from now, and then they were advanced, and then I'll, I'll change it last minute, but they got on the plane, and, and the, the officers within the government came and set up these, you, know, the, you know, the shields and worked with them to make sure that they got processed. And it's just, it's remarkable just to see the, the human spirit, uh, sense of optimism and faith in tomorrow, 
and uh, just the the inspiration that it generates that people just want that to happen yeah. and are inspired by it. And I want to tell the so audience. That's what I take from the, from the pictures that I've been seeing from last night and this morning that have been so beautiful of these, this group of 18. All right, and the reason. And, I'm sorry. No, I, was just, I just wanted to make it clear to our listeners, the reason you keep switching with 20 and 18 is because there were two flights, 20 last week and 18 Correct. this week. People need to realize that in two weeks, 38 new Olim came to Israel. Yeah. You were saying, I'm yeah. sorry. No, and I think as we were talking about the 50% increase, um, this is just the beginning of what we really um, empirically see as a wave, a wave of interest. The numbers of applications that are being downloaded, the, up, the number of applications that are being submitted in the last month and even just the last week, the first week of May, um, have been staggering. Well, I, I um, you know, I've been doing this for 18 years. I haven't seen this type of interest. My phone is ringing off the hook. Emails are coming in. Individuals who are quarantined or not yet back to normal life in, in the States and they're re-evaluating their Aliyah plans. And obviously it has to be nuanced and it has to be very sensitive. I understand the challenges that are, that, that are happening. Um, and we have to be very, very careful and nuanced in the way that we communicate. But the fact that there is a, a wild interest of entertaining Aliyah, and entertaining Aliyah for 2020 is, is really remarkable. And yeah. the numbers are just uh, fascinating to see. I, I don't know how many people thought that, you know, just the opposite would happen, that people now, because of all the difficulties and the and the spirit of isolation, would really stall all their plans and would never consider downloading a Nefesh Benefesh application. But I saw the hard numbers, and in fact, this report in Jerusalem Post is, is completely accurate, both in downloads and in real applications. You're at a 50% increase in comparison— uh, uh- uh, I just ran some numbers for you before this, before the show just now. In all of May, 400 households applied for Aliyah, right. submitted applications for Aliyah for the current year. In the first four days of May, 155 households. Unbelievable. So the trend is not just uh, episodic yeah. or just sustained to one month. It's continuing, and we will see that trajectory, hopefully by the end of May, continuing. And I'm trying to understand why and uh, really honing in on what are the motivations and what's the impetus for this, this resurgence of interest, talking to a lot of potential OLIM, um, having communications with them. And it's fascinating to see what's, what's jarring their, their interests. Well, it's funny. And, uh, it's funny because years ago you and I discussed a couple of times where, where many suspected Aliyah would go down or the attitude toward Aliyah would lessen. Uh, one was after the first wave of, of Nefesh Benefesh North American Aliyah. Uh, one was after the, uh, the the terror bombings and the you know and the suspicion that most people would shy away from from moving to Israel at that time. We know exactly the opposite happened. W- wouldn't this situation be similar in terms of the feeling and reasons for it, or or is it much different? Now, first of all, we know you and I know that this pattern. Every single time that we think right. that right. Aliyah <laughs> should go down <laughs> abnormally is is the direct opposite right, exactly. equation. Um, but I've been talking to a lot of families, and I actually even created a Rashi vote that's kamat kila mishpachat It's family, it's community, and employment. Um, we've seen over the years individuals who were always Zionists, always entertained the concept of Aliyah. 
And there were justifiable, understandable reasons for not moving to Israel. And we've been seeing, I've been seeing over and over again, people expressing that I very much felt so connected to my community, to my congregation. I couldn't even imagine myself existing as a family, as a person outside of that community. Now, they've been in quarantine for eight weeks and having a lot of time by themselves with their family um, and, and introspecting and evaluating um, self versus community, trajectory of, of destiny versus, you know, destination. And it's, it's, that's definitely one sentiment. Another sentiment is family. And I think being even 20 minutes away from a family member and not being able to visit them for eight weeks and having that relationship and developing that relationship through Zoom um, allows people to realize, you know, we can do that also a little further. That might not be the reason for for not going. What a good point. And, ironic, and lastly, ironically, professionally, the people who have been able to work remotely right. outside of the medical field right. are the ones who are sustaining their profession right. and their income. <laughs> and uh, people have been all flexible, and people are seeing the reality of technology and how far we can press that envelope and push that envelope. And and um, and that becomes more realistic when you think of working for eight weeks remotely. Why can't I do that remotely in Israel? Excellent. With that in mind, we know that Nefesh Benefesh and your employment department, I, I, I excuse the way I'm putting this, but I think people know, you know that I'm doing it for emphasis, but we'll, we'll, we'll essentially not allow someone to move to Israel unless you feel their employment prospects are reasonable. Uh, today, there are certain industries that we are in in the United States, that people are in the United States, where you cannot possibly guarantee uh, what the future brings. I would have to assume that those people that are in those industries here would face the same thing in Israel. Does that discourage you, or does that encourage you, rather, to discourage them from coming because of the employment situation right now? It's a fascinating question, and I'm not sure the industries are analogous. I think certain industries in Israel are rebounding quicker than we thought. I mean, you're, there are a million people still unemployed in Israel, and hopefully when industries open and work, the workforce will return to the office now and next week in force, and we'll see over the next few weeks just the recalibration and recuperation of our economy. But we last week, I was shocked. We had on our job board... We had 40 to 50 positions of people looking to hire people. Wow. Now, obviously, certain industries are going to be hit for a while. The, right. the tourism industry is taking a hit, right. and who knows when it'll get back on its feet. Uh, next year, I mean, how many people are going to be flying here before the summer? Right. Uh, after the Hagim. I mean, and and that, that affects a lot of different aspects of that industry. But Rabbi but, Fast, I'm sorry. Yeah. But technology, technology right. is still happening. Right. Um, and I just got a call today. We're looking for engineers. Bring, go through the list of people who are applying now in May and June. Tell me who wants to come. High tech companies, medical world. Where we would been talks for the last few weeks with the Ministry of Health. Show us your doctors. We need more doctors. We want to make sure that we are equipped for, God forbid, the next wave, but equipped that we have a robust um, medical world. 
And uh, so it's fascinating that in certain ways I would be very hesitant. Right. But in certain industries, there is a, a quick – first of all, they've seem, somehow been immune to this, which is shocking. But, uh, or they're rebounding faster than I thought they would. I, I'm not trying to be funny, but has Nefesh Benefesh been contacted by companies now working on the vaccine, major pharmaceutical companies and research companies in Israel looking for specific types of people with specific backgrounds? Not yet, but I know that two weeks ago when we were in intense conversations with uh, representatives of the Ministry of Health, we were scouring all of our of the 60,000 Olim that have come through us whether or not we had any experts in infectious diseases right. and uh, any individuals that might have been retired right. that are retired now that are not in the system Correct. Of, of, uh, of the Ministry of Health here, but they might have that expertise and willing to volunteer or willing to come back out of retirement to help in that case. And not to belabor the point, because obviously all I ever want to do, and I think most people know this, is encourage people to move to Israel. But in all seriousness, if someone, had, if someone says to you, a restaurateur in the United States has said to you that they set aside, I don't know, you know, a quarter of a million dollars in savings to eventually move to Israel and, you know, get their own place, etc. In the old days, I would assume you would encourage them and help them, etc. Now, you, you would be wary of advising them to make that move at this point, correct? I, I, I will put it differently. Uh, I, I wouldn't be wary of advising. I would, I would roll up my sleeve to see how we can make it happen, and whether or not it's realistic. Right. Um, and maybe someone's perception of what they want to do and want to, want to accomplish might have to be adapted a bit, A, because of Israel's climate in general, and B, because of the aftermath of corona. Um, uh, but if a person has their own, the will and desire, and has the means to make it, it might just be adjusted a bit. But um, let the industry recuperate a bit. Right, and and we're seeing it. Uh, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whether or not we would have uh, our kids would be going to to back to school, I wouldn't believe you. I would say, what are you talking about? The schools, I see schools are canceled in New York until September. Right. I wouldn't even think that my kids would be going back before Log Um So uh, one of the people that you know, one of the people we work with, because uh, you know we. We are an international entity. Uh, Avrami tells us that uh, about a third of his um, of his uh, children's uh, um, uh, colleagues are now back in school, and about two thirds of the families still are hesitant to send those younger kids back at the moment. But I guess that's to be understood. Oh, we are our third grader, my youngest, did not go back to school on Sunday a few right. days ago. Right. I'm just giving a few more days for them to iron out, the, <laughs> right. iron out the bugs a bit before um, before we send a kid back. And, and then my other other students, other kids are starting to, are wanting to go back as well. So that resumption of life will be in full gear by the end of by on the end of May. Right. Rabbi Fass is with us speaking about Nefesh Benefesh. By the way, your uh, application download is available nbn.org.il nbn.org. Il. Um, you and I uh, enjoy speaking philosophically about Aliyah. Um, I'll never forget that uh, uh, someone once uh, told me that uh, their their um, their rabbi had told him never to leave Israel. That he's he's traveled to Chutzlar. It's enough. He should never. And he said, "What are you talking about? You know, well, I'll I'll go to you know I'll do my uh, my thing around the world, and if I have to come back to Israel, I'll take a plane. I'll go right back to Israel. And of course." Then 9-11 happened, and he was here for that Rosh Hashanah in the United States, and that was the lesson he learned 
from the whole experience. Uh, I think it's a lesson for all of us. We have gotten used to, after 72 years, of saying, as long as I have an American passport in my hand, as long as, you know, that's the most valuable thing a Jew can own, that passport today is worthless, completely worthless. Uh, maybe you'd argue not completely, because obviously there is still, you know, emergency and aliyah travel, as you describe. But this whole attitude, I can go to Israel whenever I want, we now see, and thank God, thank God as far as we know, there's no place in the world right now that's extreme danger for Jews. But if there was, there is no way to get those Jews to Israel right now. And I was wondering if that thought crossed your mind. Oh, 100%. It was, I don't want to even enter into the conversation whether that U.S. passport, the value of a U.S. passport. <laughs> but it, it was, for me, it was, it, 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 we, we talked about this within our staff and within my family. It was very sobering, extremely sobering, when the gates to Israel were closed um, temporarily. Right. And still, there's a clampdown of individuals who are, who are non-Israeli citizens who are not making Aliyah. Right. You can't just get on a plane without really pulling strings and have an exception. You can't just come to the airport right now and get on a plane, Al Al or United Airlines, which is very, very sobering. Um, we always we always assumed that there was a given. We always had that option B, and it's quite frightening to know that option B sometimes doesn't exist or might be locked. Yeah, and um, it's really the I first think- time. It's the first time that our generation, because obviously our parents and grandparents' generation yeah. lived in a time without a state, it's the first time in our generation that we have a situation where Israel's inaccessible to us. Correct. Even when, even during the war, when, when missiles were being shot to Tel Aviv, we still got a charter flight off the ground. Right. You remember that? Of course. And, and, even though planes were not allowed, we, and, we flew in. And, stud- and students were subsidized just to go and, and show solidarity at that time. So there, yeah. there were arrangements able to be made even for tourists, not only Olim, but even for tourists. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, these 38, uh, the 20 last week, the 18 this yeah. week, do you think, part, again, philosophically, do you think part of it was that that fear, like, you know what, I have my chance now, you know, to dash with- most, most of them, it's a good question, most of them were planning to come this. We, have a, we had a lot of people plan to come now. Um, some of them realized that they couldn't, technically, logistically, health-wise, they couldn't. Um, and they pushed it off, and hopefully they'll come before the summer or during the summer. Uh, but some, um, technically, they had no place to go. They sold their homes, they moved out of their place and sent their lifts. Right, good point. They, and they're in this limbo state. Right. So, and, and that's what tugged on the heartstrings of the government officials and, oh, we need to get these people here. I know you're not flying, but they what they're going to stay in a hotel motel for the next five weeks until right. you open up. Right. Their visas are approved. Their lives are waiting for them. They're willing to go into into quarantine for two weeks, but we have to move them. If only the government here had the same attitude to the uh, to the personnel that's stuck on cruise ships who are still still out at yeah. sea. Uh, but yeah, that's and that's and that's the and that's the way. That's the Jewish way. That's the Israeli way. If there are abandoned or stranded Jews, and the way you just described it, uh, those people could you know legitimately be considered in that category. They're going to be there to help them and help them get to Israel as soon as possible. You know, you have done. And, and, and I know this is a crazy question, but you have done very quick aliyahs for certain people. There are stories we've told on the air where someone called yeah. your office, and I think is it, is it seventy two hours later we're on a plane? Was it was that am I exaggerating or is that about right? 
You're not, but we shouldn't publicize that. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason I say it is because if someone was desperate enough to get there and had the same philosophical bed that we're describing, that, that this is it. I have no choice. I have to take advantage of the opportunity. The door is still slightly, slightly open over there. <laughs> should, should... Yeah, no, it, it, there's always the option. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that uh, the, the normal conventional process of Aliyah applications, visas in the States, would be the way to go, right. probably hopping on a plane, paying your way to get to Israel, and we process you um, fast with the Ministry of Interior is probably the easier way of doing it. Right. Um, if there was really a feeling that a door was closing, God forbid, um, there's always there will always be hopefully a solution <laughs> if right. you're if you have the ingenuity and creativity and uh, and so on, on the God Almighty, you'll be able to. Uh, to find a way. We have, this, is, this is a Jew coming, trying to come home. Right. So no is not the answer. And that is uh, that is an approach that we and our partners, the Jewish Agency, Mitzvah Time and the Immigration, we, we had emergency meetings over the last two weeks, and we all, we all agreed we are solution peddlers. We will find a solution. A person wants to, a Jew wants to come home, they want to live in this homeland, we will find a solution. And everyone has to be on the same page. And that's what we have to communicate to every Ola. Um, it's it's trying times. It's difficult times. It's um, it's emotionally draining times. And uh, to add on that level of all the technicalities, might be overwhelming for the OLED. So we say with all of our partners, we're committed to make it happen. We're committed to make it happen. We'll find solutions. Um, do you think there'll be a charter flight this summer, or or there's no way to know at this point? Yeah, I, I, are you bugging my house? <laughs> Oh really? That was <laughs> this, this has been this has been a conversation of last night this morning. I, I don't even with, I don't even uh, see with, how with it Tony Gelbart right. with with my VP Zev with my family. That's <laughs> been a whole conversation, and with LL, I mean, we don't know. Oh, we, so LL so many variables. Just let's, the, just, so let's dissect it for a second. But just the fact that There's LL is speaking. What happens in JFK? Can we have that many? Let's say we open up the gates and LL flies again, and we're able to and and things are moving. And I expect 2,000 people moving to Israel within a seven-week period in the summer, and our staff is preparing for that. But let's say, forget about JFK, whether or not there's a ceremony or not, because whether or not you can gather 200, 300 people in one place, whether or not that's legal or not. The plane itself will, by August or July, will we be able to pack a plane, or will every middle seat have to be empty? And then that drops. Uh, the capacity of a flight, mm-hmm. um, and it's just think about it. When you have 200 people out of 2,000 people making Ali in seven weeks, that's that's 10 percent of our of our population on one plane. Right. Still, it's a drop in the bucket, but it's at least a sizable group. If that drops down to 100, 150, 120, um, it, it becomes logistically burdensome. But I don't know. And then what happens here? Whether or not forget about a welcome ceremony, will that be regulated? Will that be allowed? Could the staffing at the airport, government staffing, which is taking precautions, will the precautions still be will it be existing then? Will be loosened and will be flexible, or is that even going to be possible? So there's a lot, a lot of question marks. We are analyzing it. We have to make a decision soon. But uh, right now, I don't want to get caught with the distractions of hoopla. I really want to be focused 
on making the dreams of each of these Olim happen. Right. Well, I, I, and, uh, I actually think your answer is good news because I thought that you'd be already be on the road to, you know, that there's no chance. Just the fact that it's still being discussed, there's a, obviously a, still an opportunity. And I, I would assume that uh, Avi Levine is keeping the processing machines well-oiled in case there is a flight. Right? Avi Levine is keeping <laughs> – and, and I, I talked to Tony Gelbert. You know Tony. You know yeah. how much we love him. And Tony was like, we started FSH 18 years ago for good news for Israel. How can we not bring a charter? That Especially I'm telling now. you, you have Especially no idea. Now. You have no idea what it would do for the Jewish world everywhere. Oh, not just oh it, my gosh. It, 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 and that's what Tony said. How could we not forget about logistics? We'll make it happen. But how can we not? This is why we went into business. Hundred percent true. What do you think of the one hundred thousand number that the Jewish agency uh, head was uh, tossing around in terms of the full diaspora and the potential to well, move to Israel? Uh, the numbers make sense. It does. Uh, if you think about, there is right now a cross-global thirty to fifty percent increase in jump, and if it sustains, if it's a sustainable increase over the next few months, then if you're talking about a usual annual thirty thousand olim making aliyah, and there's a thirty to fifty percent real, factual, realistic increase, then you're hitting a hundred thousand. The question is, and, and that's the, the, the greatest question, which I, I stated a few days ago in these emergency meetings, uh, we have to maintain the momentum for 2020. I truly believe there'll be a spike in 2021. Just seeing the interest in all countries, we're all sharing data amongst all the different parties, the Aliyah parties, and the data is staggering. There's tremendous interest. I'm just, I'm just being realistic, I don't know the technically how people can get their lives in order and move so fast, especially in certain countries that are really in a clampdown and right. still, still really in a hot spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that we have to invest now and sustain that momentum and make sure that every person who wants to come this year has that path and has that solution. But we'll really see that spike in 2021 yeah. if it sustains. Look, someone. I think they're right. Yeah, I so, think I think uh, it's it's sensible numbers. It's not like uh, we're going from 5,000 to 100,000. You're going from 30, 33,000 to 100,000. You're seeing the numbers of interest. Someone said to me the other day that five, seven, eight, one is going to be a real year of transition. You know, and, and we should prepare our children for that. No matter what school they're in, etc. It's probably going to be a mixed bag of what we're, we've gotten used to and what we you know hope would be normal because obviously. Uh, you know, no vaccine yet, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knows the reasons. But as you're just saying, toward the end of that Jewish year, right, summer of 2021, we could see uh, an incredible resurgence and an unbelievable desire for people to move to Israel. And it's funny you point out about the logistic thing. I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to speak a month or two from now and we're going to find out, we're going to find out why it's easier logistically to do this now because for some for some reason God is always there to help those that want to move to Israel. 100%. And you know what? It's uh we were we were just having a meeting 2 days ago with government officials and we said at this time, at this time, don't make it harder. Right. Let's let's think out of the box. And you know what? Maybe thinking out of the box now will create precedence for the next bunch of years when we're not, God forbid, facing a crisis. So it might pave the path. But uh, but I, I don't think it's just Aliyah. I think, and you can attest to it, I think this has recalibrated our value system yep. a bit. And you see people talking about how we're celebrating weddings and yep. occasions and, and uh, the concept of Shiduchim. I think staying home and realizing how fragile life is 
and how little we need to sustain ourselves and how much we long for human societal contact, it's, uh, it hopefully is recalibrating how we think and our value system. And I pray to God that it's sustained. Uh, I don't want just a spike of reevaluation of our lives to happen summer 2020 and 2021. Hopefully we can learn from this, uh, glo- the global community, and, but let's, let's hone in on, on our community. I hope that our community just uh, learns the lessons from this. You know, this is a, the, 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 there are going to be many physical habits that are going to be incorporated into the lives of everybody who went through this, especially the younger people who, you know, really internalize this stuff. Um, and, and ha- you know, hand washing is one of them, obviously, and hesitating to hug someone, you know, before you're hundred percent sure you should and things like that. Um, I think we need to have, uh, some of those mental habits stay with us as well. And what you just described, the time with family, uh, uh, the um, uh, in- incredible prioritizing of our values. I think all those you know, have to remain as well. And I think that this was such a shock and is such a shock still for everybody that you know, p- people say, oh, everyone's going to get back to normal. Everyone's-. I don't know if that's true. I think it, I, it may not be drastic changes for everybody, but I think in, in little and sometimes major ways, it's going to be real changes for a lot of people out there. Um, okay, from the NSN app, first of all, um, a listener, Tikva in Israel, says Israel is almost back to normal, happy and scary at the same time. And I think that sums up what Rabbi Fast just said, if I could put words in your mouth. Um, then listener Andrew's upset there was no intro music for Rabbi Fast. So now, <laughs> so now, now, I, now I have proven my point, Rabbi Fast, much to your oh, chagrin, much to your chagrin that you need your intro music. And finally, tell Andrew that I'll take, I'll have some words with him afterwards. <laughs> tell Andrew you'll be more than happy to send him an MP3 of the song. And, <laughs> and listen, listener Chaya says, and obviously this is what you just said, but it may, may be said a drop differently. Being in quarantine gives families some real time to talk about Aliyah, and I think the quarantine has given us a lot of time to speak to our, our to our children and to our families. Again, depending on their ages, about values in general and lessons to be learned and coping, coping with this whole situation but yes the plan the plan and what do we think uh, or, or when do we think we're actually going to make the move and how and why etc i think that has become a much more part of the national collective conversation to say the least and right fast before you go you got to review it for me one more time you said three things i know the third one was uh was work was work and how someone can technologically work from israel uh, i think the second one was zoom was, was that how you can how you can stay socially connected to your friend friends and relatives community family and one's profession have all been recalibrated I'm focused in a different way um, during these several weeks. And was the and, was obviously. the was the point of Kihila not to say it in a in a negative way, but we're with our families. We haven't seen other people, nor been in our synagogues, etc., for weeks and weeks, and we see that we could adjust that situation. If the situation, you know, our communities are beautiful. The congregations, the kilot that we're connected to, are are, are remarkable. The Rabbanim that Akila are lucky to have, they're, they're stunning individuals, and I'm in touch with many of them. Um, but sometimes we're so busy right. with communal work that, uh, as one of your listeners said, having that time to speak with your family and also to speak with yourself 
um, I can probably, uh, I'm not sure if it's appropriate to say, but some of the best filot have been over these last seven weeks yep. of just praying to oneself, with oneself, to, to Hashem, uh, in one's backyard or in one's living room, and just understanding that the world is chaotic enough that you have that lone soul direction, soul connection with, with God. I think that's, uh, these are powerful moments that we've had, and, uh, and, and also don't take it lightly. I, I know a lot of pain and suffering of a lot of families, yep. and it's uh, measurable pain, measurable pain. And, uh, and that, uh, that also puts things into perspective as well. By the way, very important point, and maybe this is how we should end. Um, you just mentioned the pain, and there are families going through very difficult situations, and they don't know what the future brings, especially economically. Uh, many of them would say to themselves, now there's no way I can consider moving because you know the, the bank account doesn't have what it needs to have in it. You might say to them, no, explore the possibility because when, when, when you look at a future in Israel where expenses are lower and tuition is, is nothing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it may, be, it may actually be the right move and not the move to hesitate about during a time like this. I agree. I think everyone, if something is of value, it might not be the right timing, but it requires, it behooves us to explore it, to, dis- to discover it, to discuss it, to see whether or not it's an option. That's fine. You can explore whether or not it's viable and say, you know what, it's not the right time. But you have to explore it. If it's of something of value, then it needs to be tended to. No question about it. Can't thank you enough. Mazal tov on the That's numbers. Right. Mazal tov on the numbers. I mean, thank my you gosh. So my, you got to have a lachayim. You got to have a look. I thought you were going to say Mazal Tov on, on the baby grandson. And Mazal Tov on the baby grandson. One of, one of the most surreal uh, bris, brises that I've ever been to in my life. The <laughs> the total grandson. the total number of people at the bris, if you will, Rabbi Fess. It was my son, the Moel, myself, my kids, and my wife and Bacheva. It was just us. It was a, twelve of us, eleven of us. Unbelievable. Well, the baby was twelve in the moa. We were only supposed to have ten, but, but I guess yeah, but the baby and the moa don't count. Well, all of you except for the moa had been quarantined together anyway. Yeah, so we were <laughs> so... fine. But uh, the moa required all of us to be in masks the entire right. time. And uh, and how's the and... how's the baby doing? Thank God, Rabbi Fast. Rabbi Fast, one second. You're telling me that a Jewish baby who just had a bris without locks and bagels. And without a massive crowd of two, three hundred people, and without renting out a shul basement for five thousand dollars, you're telling me that that baby is well adjusted to this world? Well adjusted, <laughs> going back to the value system. Exactly. It was, it was absolutely one of the most uplifting, inspirational um, ceremonies. We had uh, over two hundred fifty people on Zoom watching, and uh, it was it was beautiful. All the grandparents were able to, great-grandparents were able to speak and give brachot, which in a normal birth, they wouldn't have had a chance. That's right. Would have rushed off to the bagels. That's right. And it was, people were home, and people had the attention, and people were able to focus on something of some light, some hope. And they named him Amichai, which is beautiful. Explain. Which is Amisrachai, Amichai. Amisrachai. Give chizuk to... To uh, to all of us, 
and and it, 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 ironically, it's the sign that's over my desk right now. It was the only sign that I took out of Nefesh when we closed the offices several weeks ago. I looked at one of those, you know, those iconic Nefesh signs that people hold up when planes arrive. Right. And I found an Am Yisrael Chai, and I put it up, hung it over my desk here at home, just uh, to keep us to keep us focused. Unbelievable. Well, Mazal Tov on the grandson and Mazal Tov on these Thank amazing you. numbers on 38 Thank new you. Olim in the last two weeks on a 50% rise in Aliyah applications. And uh, one very important piece of information I just learned uh, based on what you said, this would be the week where I'd be able to get a parking space on the street in front of Nefesh Benefesh. This would be this would, this would be the week to go. Yes. I'll even buzz you in. <laughs> uh, As always, you. you're, you're the, such a dear friend. As always, I love every second talking to you. I appreciate on, on and offline. I appreciate that. It's very hard for me to end this conversation. And normally I would say I know how busy you are, but I'm hoping you're a drop less busy during these times. So I won't... Absolutely not, because everyone, <laughs> I'm living in my office. Having an office at home, people think that I'm just available 24-7, and it's just... Uh, Trust me, I can sympathize. I know exactly what you're talking it's about. It's crazy. <laughs> you can say that again. Rabbi Fass, Rabbi Fass, without the theme song, please forgive me. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you. He's co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, of course, Rabbi Yoshua Fass or by Josh Fass. What incredible news. I'll tell you, all these times, and thank God, thank God, thank God, he allowed me to become a partner in all of this years ago. Thank God. Because now I could look back at this recent history, the last 25 years, the last 15 years, and talk about all these episodes, the terror attacks, the war, uh, 9-11, all the different times where everybody was convinced there's no way in the world that Aliyah is going to continue to be something that's in the hearts of Jews around the world, and just the opposite has happened. And now we're in this historic time, challenging yet historic. And who knew, who knew that even in this situation, a situation of isolation, a situation of economic difficulties, et cetera, et cetera, that we would see the type of uh, interest in Aliyah that there is now, not only in the U.S. and North America, as Rabbi Fass said, but around the entire world. Hi, it is Manhagula. It is uh, it is so the uh, the time of redemption. I hope that uh, everybody who's listening now understands. I don't think everybody in our community gets it. I hope our listeners get it. Uh, information about all of this: nbn.org.il. You could actually get an application. You could actually download it. You could start the process. You could discuss it more seriously with your family. You could do all the calculations. They got the calculation online about uh, everything that. Uh, that you're entitled to as a new Ole, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. NBN.org.il. They also have a phone number, which I'm assuming, knowing them, someone is still answering. 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. It is a Wednesday morning broadcast, and you're listening to JM in the AM. Oh. 
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning with uh, Leif Tahar. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Check out A&H today. Big shout-out to our friends at Artscroll. Go to artscroll.com. For Logba Omer, they have all the classics available. Just search Logba Omer at artscroll.com. 
They have a lot of recent releases, including the Pnei Menachem, Stories and Lessons of Torah Leadership, Compassion, and Empathy from the Life of Rabbi Pinchas Menachem, Altar of Ger. Uh, that is available now. If you use promo code RADIO, you could save 15%. Again, save 15% with promo code RADIO. You could pre-order Living Amuna. You could pre-order Living Amuna right now and save 10% with promo code RADIO. Pre-order Living Amuna at artscroll.com. And don't forget their cookbook sale. They have 26 cookbooks in the picture, which is pretty <laughs> I keep saying it. It's pretty amazing, frankly. Uh, they have 26 cookbooks in the in the picture. Uh, so they got plenty online for you. It's the lowest prices ever, 30% off on all cookbooks that are in stock. 30% off on all cookbooks that are in stock. The sale will end May 11th, right before Lagba Omer this coming Monday. Right, Lagba Omer is Tuesday, so the sale will end Monday. Uh, don't use the promo code. You get 30% off no matter what. So don't even bother using the promo code. Although, uh, for our interest, if you put it in, that'll be good. You won't, you won't get a discount, but at least they'll know you heard it here. So use promo code radio every time you visit artscroll.com. Ten minutes before uh, 9 o'clock Wednesday morning, day 27 in the counting of the Omer. Day 27 in the counting of the Omer. Um, full schedule here, as you would suspect, on a... Uh, on a uh, Wednesday, including a bite-size encore with Yoni Pollock. That's coming up. Uh, Rami will do a live lunch from from Israel starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Um, at 7 o'clock, excuse me, at 7 o'clock tonight, Charlie Bernhardt with an hour of Jewish soul. Great acapella, great acapella, great cantorial selections, 7 o'clock Eastern time tonight. So check that out. And, uh, of course, we're back tomorrow on JMM. One of the people that, I mean, there are certain people that you regular listeners know I love speaking to on the air. Uh, Professor Yonatan Alevi, who is the Director General Emeritus, I know he has a different title. I just don't remember what it is right now. Of Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem is scheduled to join us tomorrow. It will be fascinating, fascinating to get his perspective on all of this. What's happening in Israel? What's happening in Israel's healthcare system? Uh, restrictions, quarantine, um, reopening, vaccine. Professor Yonatan Alevi tomorrow morning on JMM, and frankly, I can't wait. It should be an amazing conversation. I want to thank all of you who have donated to our fundraiser so far. We did a soft opening of our fundraiser. <sighs> Yesterday. We did a, a soft opening of our fundraiser yesterday, and um, I was distracted for a moment. I apologize. We did a soft opening of our fundraiser yesterday, and we had a uh, a wonderful, wonderful response, as I described earlier, including a $1,000 donation from listener Marvin. I want to thank him again. He gets why this is such an important show. Oh, and thank you, listener Chaya in Highland Park. Listener Chaya just uh, tossed us a beautiful donation, and we caught it of three times high, and I thank her very, very much. And, and it's open all day, and it'll be open a couple of weeks. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. If you want to uh, do one of the sponsorship opportunities that are on that site, uh, sponsor by Goldwasser or by Uden in memory of somebody or for someone's yard site, whatever the case may be, uh, go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Sponsorship Opportunities tab at fjbunity.org. 
And uh, if you're so inclined, encourage your friends and everyone you know to support us as well. We are, you know, Rabbi Fast described, Kehila Mishpacha Asuka. We are a Kehila. We are a community. We are a Mishpacha. We are a family. And we are Asuka. We're, we're running a company and doing a job that requires financial backing. And the only way we can keep the format of this program and of this network in its current format with very, very limited sponsorship announcements uh, is for uh, community support. It's the only way we could do it. Otherwise, you're going to be listening to a show you don't want to hear. Trust me. I know this business after a while. <laughs> you got to trust me on that one. <laughs> so give what you can. Encourage others to do the same. It's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and I thank you. By the way, speaking of sponsors, I have to thank our friends at mykosher.com. I just want to make sure that, uh, oh, yeah, it ends tomorrow. The contest ends tomorrow. My Kosher Kid Cooks, it's a video contest where kids could submit their own cooking videos for a chance to win great prizes. But the um, And you could send in a two-minute video and win. But, but it ends tomorrow. So parents out there, if you want to help the kids put together a nice cooking video, go to mykosher.com, mykosher.com, and you'll see all the details about the contest that ends tomorrow. Get those videos in. You could be a big winner. Six minutes before 9 o'clock, you are listening to JM in the AM with Bitachon. Let me 
Our brothers and sisters of Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMM. A big thank you to Rabbi Fass for joining us. What a conversation. What a conversation. Send it around. Give it to your friends and relatives. Put it on your WhatsApp groups and email lists. Well worth listening to. And I thank you for tuning in. Tomorrow, we're plenty more, including Professor Yonatan Alevi, which we are very much looking forward to getting his perspective on this whole pandemic. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.